Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, Asher bachar banu mikol hamim, Venatan lanu et orato, Baruch atah Adonai, Noten haTorah. Amen. Baruch abah b'shem Adonai, Amen. Well, today... Currently, as I'm making this podcast, it is twilight of the 25th of Elul going into the 26th of Elul. The 25th of Elul is considered to be the anniversary of creation. So this is creation day one for these few moments that are left. So I just wanted to make a PS, which is preparation stuff, uh, as we are getting ready to head into 5780. So Bezrat Hashem, we will be entering into the final Geula. So not to be predicting anything, but to be asking Hashem for so much relief from the exile and that he would finally bring in our King Mashiach with the building of the temple, the gathering in of the exiles, all that Geula stuff. Like, Amen. Please Hashem. Like, let the resurrection begin. So... I just wanted to just kind of share some insights, uh, and Bezrat Hashem, I will be able to get this timed out so I can do uh, some podcasting for each of these seven days, because from the 25th of Elul to Rosh Hashanah, day one and two, because there are two days of Rosh Hashanah, I will be uh, corresponding that to the seven days. So uh, obviously we have a Shabbat coming up in a few days because it is currently Yom Revi'i, which is fourth day, and Shabbat will be on Yom Hashvi'i, uh, which is Shabbat. That's the only day that has a name, by the way. But anyway, so uh, we'll be putting some things together for that, so that way I'm not podcasting on Shabbat. But, you know, we'll be in shul and dropping bombs there. So anyway... So, for the PS, day one, I wanted to focus on what happened on the first day of creation. So, really quick, I want to get two sources out of the way that uh, are very poignant to our current time. Because one of the things is we always hear the 25th of Elul being the anniversary of creation. Well, where does that come from? So, here's the source on that. Shanae Lukot Habrit from the Torah Or on Beha Aloteca and uh, Parsha Naso. So here we go. So it says, The Torah now continues with the blessings the priests are to offer, or to confer, Slika, on the people. From Bamibar 6, 23-27, it says, I have already mentioned earlier that the universe was created with the letter Bet, which symbolizes Braka which is the word for blessing. So the universe was created with the first letter of the Torah scroll, which is the letter Bet, and that symbolizes Bracha. And it says, The presence of this blessing on an ongoing basis was spoiled due to the cursed activity of the serpent, which in turn led to the situation where Ban of man or woman to commit any sins due to all the pervading influence of Adam, Bamibar 5, verse 6. So in other words, the blessing was spoiled due to the activity of the serpent 
And now this is known as what causes us to commit sins because this is the influence of Adam. You may have heard it said that death entered in through the first Adam, which is by one man, death entered into the world and by one man, eternal life was given to the world. So the first Adam versus the second Adam, basically. So here is that source right there. So that was not new, even though that was written in the epistles or the Egerot, so to speak. Uh, so continuing on, it says it is Aharon's function to restore the natural state of the world as it was prior to sin. I think it's in point. I think it's significant and important, which is what I was trying to say all together at once, that the natural state of the world basically is a supernatural state where man transcends space and time and that there is no darkness, only light. Because when we were in the garden, we knew all things and we saw all things and we could see from one end of the universe to the other. So uh, there's that. So what our own function was, was to restore that. So that's interesting because our own, who is he? He's the Kohen Gadol, right? So there was this one really amazing drop that Captain Israel brought down in an Aliyah day. And it was from Rebbeinu Bakya on Parsha Tadzave, specifically Shemot 28.2, which is talking about the garments of the Kohen being for splendor and glory. So check this out. It says, seeing that in the eyes of even the distinguished individuals among the people, the Kohen Gadol is considered like an angel of Adonai. As far as performing his service, the sacrificial service is concerned. So, in other words, the Kohen Gadol is a manifestation of Memtet, who is the angel of Hashem. This is why Mashiach Yeshua is called our great high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Because king and priest was originally one office before it was split through the Zerah, the seed of Abraham, uh, specifically from Yaakov and forward. Because when Yaakov had his 12 sons, that would make up the collective body of Eretz Yisrael because from them all of the 12 tribes would happen. And all the 12 tribes make up Yisrael, which is Mashiach which is why Mashiach is called the body of many members, or we could say the body of many tribes. So looking at this, we can see quickly that Aharon is supposed to be a picture of Mashiach Yeshua's work to restore mankind back to where we fell from. So continuing on in Shanae Lukot Habrit, it says this, we have elaborated on the fact that Aharon was the tikkun, the repair or correction of Adam. So there's that. And then it says, so this is why you can see that uh, Aharon, he obviously fell short of that when him and Moshe struck the rock. And so neither one of them were to enter the land. And there's, you know, all of that, those details that followed. So which is why. Knowing that Mashiach Yeshua is sinless, was sinless, and re will remain forever sinless because he's a manifestation of Hashem, and 
he ultimately became the Kohen Gadol because the lineage of Aharon is where the Kohen Gadol comes from. Who was the one who was around during Mashiach Yeshua's time on the earth? That was um, Yochanan ben Zechariah, which is known, commonly known as Yochanan the Immerser. He was of the seed of Aharon, and him transferring the mantle of the priesthood to Mashiach through that old famous mikvah in the Jordan. So that's how Mashiach took up the mantle of where Aharon, who was supposed to be the original Takun, left off. And remember, Judaism teaches that every Kohen Gadol succeeding Aharon were likened to Aharon if they were considered righteous in their stead as a Kohen Gadol. So this would mean all of the Kohenim who filled in as Kohen Gadol uh, from Aharon all the way to Yochanan were considered to be righteous and of the seed of Aharon. Now, obviously, during the Second Temple era, we had lots of corruption going on, but the family of Yochanan, they remained pure, but yet they were outcasts. So, you know, because Rome was buying out things and everybody was puppets in the temple. So, obviously, we had some true people there, but mostly Rome was running the temple, which made corrupted temple service. And where have we seen this before? The sons of Shem, which is why Shem, who is Malchizedek, by the way, confirmed by Jewish sources, which is why he had to transfer his priesthood to Mashiach, Yish, or Slika, wow, to Mashiach Yeshua, which was Abraham. That's what I was going to say. But you know what I meant to say. I meant to say Shem transferred his priesthood to Abraham, which is why Abraham was able to go to the Temple Mount and offer Yitzhak as the Akidah. Which ended up really being Mashiach Yeshua because the ram that was caught in the thicket was the supernatural ram who was made before creation, who was slain before the foundations of creation, i.e. Yeshua HaMashiach. Which is why Ha'ayil, which is the word the ram, rearranges to Elohai, which is my God. And remember, Mashiach Yeshua is the image of our invisible God, as brought down by Shaul HaShliach. So, all of that to say... Tikkun was supposed to happen through the Kohen Gadol originally, and it ended up happening through Mashiach Yeshua. So there's that. Continuing on, it says, When the Torah introduces the blessings with the words, Ko Tevarku, the word Ko, uh, whose numerical value is 25, refers to the 25th of Elul, which is the date on which God commenced creating the universe. So, remember that section of the blessings and the curses from Parsha Kitavo? Well, the way the blessings are introduced is with a word whose value is 25. And it says this corresponds to the 25th of Elul, which is the date on which God commits creating the universe. So, the creation of the universe was supposed to be all blessing, no curses. So, that's interesting. And then it says... Continued here, according to the view of Rabbi Eliezer from Vayikra Rabbah 29.1. So there is our source for the 25th of Elul being the anniversary of creation. And it says a further allusion to this is the fact that God commenced his creation by saying Yehi Or, which is let there be light. The word Yehi having the numerical value of 25. 
So, we have this whole idea of 25 connecting to the light, which by the way, light is 207 in Gematria, which if you rearrange 207 to 702, that is the Gematria of Shabbat. So, Shabbat and light have a mirrored Gematria reflection, which uh, relates those two. So, this is why the Shabbat is a day of light, and the light is basically reminiscent of the Shabbat. So, if you really want to be in the light, you definitely want to be in Shabbat. And if you're in Shabbat, then you're in the light. And this all has to do with being in the first day of creation, which the first day of creation, it's important to note, is called Yom Echad, the day that is all one. This is why the Geula is likened to being that same thing, because we say, Hashem Echad Ushemo Echad. When Hashem will be one and His name will be one. That is the final redemption. So may that happen soon, speedily in our days. Baruch HaBashem Adonai. Amen. Next source. Why do I say that, you know, the redemption, you know, being at hand and that we want it now and all that? Well, Sanhedrin, 98A, Masekit, Tractate, Shas. All of those fancy words. Sanhedrin 98a, all Talmud phrases, by the way. Says Rabbi Alexandri, says Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi raises a contradiction in a verse addressing God's commitment to redeem the Jewish people. God's commitment. That's serious. When God is committed to do something, watch out, because he don't stop. Okay, it says in the verse... I, the Lord, in its time, I will hasten it. Yeshayahu 60, verse 22. It is written in its time, indicating that there is a designated time for the redemption. And it is written, I will hasten it, indicating there that there is no set time for the redemption. Rabbi Alexandri explains, if they merit, everyone say merit, Redemption through Teshuva and Gimelut Chasadim. In other words, acts of kindness and repentance. Okay, repentance is Teshuva. Gimelut Chasadim is good deeds. And it says, I will hasten the coming of Mashiach. Which, by the way, hasten the coming of Mashiach, hasten the Geula, rebuilding of the temple, gathering in of the exiles into the new Yerushalayim. That's all the same thing. So this is why so many different times we're praying for the rebuilding of the temple. We're praying to be gathered in. We're praying that Hashem will send Mashiach. We're praying that Hashem will rebuild Yerushalayim. Those are all Geula prayers. Okay, and it says, continuing in Sanhedrin 98a, if they do not merit, the coming of Mashiach will be in its designated time. Again, Sanhedrin 98a. So I want to point this out because if you just look around current events, especially over in Israel, but things that have been happening throughout the year, Hashem is showing us so many signs, so many favorable uh, gestures that if we want the redemption, He is totally ready to bring it with us. So may we not miss this opportunity. And I want to point out that we say in the Birkat Hamazon that Harachaman who yezakenu limot hamashiach ulchayeh haolam haba, the merciful one, may he make us worthy of the days of Mashiach and the life of the olam haba. So 
that we would be able to merit seeing the final redemption occur and that we would also be worthy to enter into the Olam Haba. So like that's all like in our prayer. So like if you really just think about it, so many different times we're asking Hashem to bring in the final redemption and we're asking Hashem that we see it and that this exile be ended. So, you know, I just really want to encourage us that, you know, the redemption is in our hands and Hashem is ready to bring it with us. And so not that we're predicting anything and it would totally be fine if this Rosh Hashanah is when Mashiach comes and the resurrection of the dead happens and we're gathered in and all this supernatural, amazing things start happening. But we can definitely be praying for it. And if it if Mashiach should tarry, then we're going to bring even more redemption by bringing in more proselytes, by giving more Zedakah, well, continuing to give Zedakah, Bezrat Hashem giving more as much as possible. We cannot exceed one fifth of our income. So there's that. So there's a limit to the Zedakah that you can give. But if you're giving your tithe and you're you know, giving charities to, to so many different things like, you know, the mikvah or something, uh, which, by the way, Baruch Hashem, as we are now in the 26th of Elul on this podcast, I just want to say we get to break ground on our mikvah. How beautiful is that? Sar Shalom will have the first kosher mikvah of a Yehudi Be Mashiach Yeshua probably in the past 2000 years. This is probably the first one. Uh, since Mashiach ascended and said, go out and make Talmudim of all the nations. Immerse them. What do we immerse them in? A mikvah. Oh, look, Sar Shalom's getting one. Get you some. Anyway, so shouts out to Hashem for that. And uh, anyway, so just continuing on that we need to be bringing redemption. And as I was talking to Ishpela on a previous evening, we either want redemption or we don't. So what's it going to be? Are we just going to sit around and try to have our best life now? And, you know, things are slowly going to get worse and worse and worse. And, you know, we may have a little stall time, you know, as far as, you know, we can probably, you know, go another 10 years and prosper and things like that, you know. But not that it's all doom and gloom. But at the same time, if we try to make ourselves comfortable in exile, when has a Shem ever appreciated that? Think about Haggai. And, you, you know, all of those who were builders of the second temple, Hashem was giving the prophets messages to go tell the people, get out of your houses, get out of your comfortable places that you're building for yourself while my temple is laying in rules. The Babylonian exile is over. What are you doing? Get over to the temple mount, rebuild the temple. Same thing for us. We know this final temple that's going to be built is supernatural. It's going to be built by our prayers and Mashiach is going to bring it out of the heavenlies. But if we're not praying for it, if we're not asking Hashem for it, if we're not doing things to merit that, you know, it's the same thing. So let's let's get with it. So uh, one of the other things that I would like to do is just share some insights from the Pirke de Rebbe Eliezer which I will lovingly refer to as Pearl K. Uh, what happened on the first day of creation and some Midrashim about that and what happened throughout that week? So I want to share this from chapter 3, which is found on page 9, and it says this. Eight things were created on the first day of creation. Hashemayim, Ha'aretz, which heaven, earth, light, darkness, Emptiness, void, 
the Spirit of God and water. Now, you just heard me say the Spirit of God was created on day one. And then Mishle chapter 8 brings down that Mashiach or the Torah was created, you know, before creation. And, you know, that's just kind of like all these kind of red flags. Because what about Hashem being like existing just always? He always has been. He always is and he always will be. And then we know that the Torah is Hashem and Mashiach is Hashem and the Spirit is Hashem and the Word of God is Hashem, the Shekinah is Hashem and all of that. And yet they're created. So the cool thing about this is, you know, how do you explain that? And furthermore, please do not let that trip you up because we're looking at the same thing with the birth of Mashiach because... What does that even mean? Mashiach has always existed. He's been with Hashem since the beginning, even before then. And when you create something outside of creation, again, what does that even mean? <laughs> you know, so just a few thoughts on that. And then it goes on to say, uh, for it says the spirit of God hovered over the water. Bereshis 1, 2. Some say day and night were also created. For it says... There was evening and there was morning one day, Bereshis 1.5, which by the way, the source for why we start our days at night as far as the Hebrew calendar is concerned. So it is a new day when the sun sets and there are three stars in the sky. Get you some. Fun fact, when, when someone asks you how many hours are in a day, you can tell them 12 because it is cited that there are 12 hours where there's light, where the sun is rising all the way to its peak, and then it starts to set. And once that sets, it begins the 12 hours of darkness leading up to sunrise, which makes the complete 24 hours of a day. So 12 hours of light and 12 hours of darkness equals a full day cycle, but literally there are only 12 hours of day. So that's kind of an interesting thing that was brought down by Rabbi Anava from his crazy uh, fun fact stuff. But with that being said, there are two names of Hashem. There's Hashem, which is the divine name, the Yod and He and the Vav and He, and the Adonai, which is Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yod. Each of those names are four letters. The Yod and He with the Vav and He operates during the 12 hours of daylight so literally Hashem's name rearranges per hour so there are 12 ways to rearrange that correspondingly there are 12 ways that get rearranged for the name Adonai which is throughout the night so just some fun facts for you that you know the name of Hashem is in every hour and at every time so there's all of that so continuing on it says Eight things were created on the second day. So, you know, this is what we normally call Mondays in our American calendar here. And, you know, this was the day that was not considered to be good, which is crazy because check out what's made on day two. It says the well that provided the water for B'nai Israel in the wilderness. So now the rock, who, by the way, is Mashiach, is brought down by Corinthians chapter 10. You know, the letter to Corinth that Shaul Hashliach wrote, he said that rock that traveled with us in the wilderness was Mashiach. So again, Mashiach was created. Oh my goodness. 
getting into all sorts of crazy stuff over here as far as how do you create Mashiach? <laughs> well, that that's a, uh, I have no idea, <laughs> but you know, Mashiach always was, but yet he was created. Interesting. All right, so then we have the fact, that, oh, and this is why I would like to encourage us to rock out on Mondays. All right, next thing is the manna. Okay, so the manna was created on the second day of creation. And the staff with which Moshe performed miracles in Mitzrayim. This is why Mondays are probably a good day to have staff meetings. Yay, second day, staff meeting. All right, woohoo. Anyway, the next thing was the rainbow, created on the second day. Written characters of the Hebrew Aleph Bet. Now we're talking about the Aleph Tav. So the Aleph Tav, which is Aleph all the way through Tav, all 22 letters were created on the second day. And then we have the engraving tool. Footnote says this is the instrument God used to engrave the Ten Mitzvot, the Ten Commandments. Don't tell us what it is. So, you know, obviously the finger of God wrote the Ten Commandments. But what is that engraving tool that he used? Hmm. All right. Mystery unsolved. Okay. It says the garment of Adam Harishon, which, by the way, some sources say that this was the female Leviathan that Hashem slain or slayed. Um, which was a very luminous garment. Uh, so it was a lesser light, if you will. But it was a garment that was supernatural and miraculous nonetheless. This is the garment that Yaakov gave to Yosef, the coat of many colors. So it's important to note all the colors, when you put them together, make white, which is the color of the light. So there's all that. Okay. And final thing that was made on day two is the demons. Goodness. All right. That's when it got bad. All right, anyway, so 10 things were envisioned by God before creation. So before creation, God had this in mind. Yerushalayim, the souls of the patriarchs, the path of the righteous, which is what's called the way, the truth, and the life, by the way. Gehenna, the waters of the flood. Hashem was like, yeah, I'm probably going to have to flood the world one day. That's okay. I'll fix it. And then the second set of tablets. Oh, yeah, there's probably going to be a time where I'm like face to face with my people and they're going to make a golden calf, even though we're supposed to be getting married. But that's OK. I'll fix it. And then it says the Shabbat. Yeah, Hashem was like, yeah, there's going to be a day that mankind needs to stop, take a rest. So I'm going to show them what that looks like. And I'm going to take the seventh day and I'm going to bless it. So mankind should take the seventh day and recite blessings and refrain from work and creating like I did. Anyway, uh, the next thing he had in mind was the Holy Ark. He's like, I'm going to travel in front of my people. I'm going to be in their midst. And I'm also going to move snakes and scorpions. And I'm also going to go out to war with them. Yeah, I'll make an ark. Okay. And then he says the light of the world to come, which, by the way, this is the light that we see with the Hanukkiot during the festival of Hanukkah. That light is called the Or Haganus which is called the secret or hidden light. This is also the light that shined for the first three days of creation and was hidden away until the Shabbat, the original Shabbat, which was consisted of 36 hours. So that first three days of light 
was returned to us. And remember, the days are 12 hours. So what's 3 times 12? 36. Ah, see, we're learning. 12 hours of light, 12 hours of day, right? So that shined all together on the Shabbat, the first Shabbat. Uh, and so that light is called the light of the world to come. That's why we're not going to need the sun, the moon, or the stars in the time to come, because that's the light of Torah, the light of Mashiach, which, by the way, we're supposed to be known as the light of the world. So we're supposed to light the world up with Torah to cause people to not have to stumble around in the darkness. Final thing I want to share here is it says, from what place was heaven created? says from the light of the garment in which Hakadosh Baruch Hu is cloaked. Remember, the garment of Hashem is his Mashiach, because Mashiach is a way for us to perceive of Hashem, because Hashem is beyond time, space, form. He's called Ein Sof, the infinite light that has no end. So there's all that, and then it says. Uh, the light, okay, so he is cloaked, it says, heaven continually expanded until God said, die, which is Dalit Yod, which is where we get, die, die, anu, die, die, anu, die, die, anu, it would have been enough, get you some, okay, anyway, die means enough, spell that word backwards, it means Yod, so Hashem was like, talk to the end, please stop, okay, anyway, hold up. Alright, it says one of God's names is Shaddai because putting a sheen to the word die, which is why the sheen is on our mezuzah, by the way. Alright, anyway, because uh, we're looking at Hashem's divine name when we see that. Shaddai, which that name is the similar gematria to Memtet. So Hashem and his Mashiach basically is our mezuzah. Okay, it says, because he told Hashemayim, die, and it ceased. Okay, so it says, how do we know heaven was created from the light of God's garment? For it says, covering with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a curtain. Tehillim 104.2 So you have this picture here of how day one of creation Hashem was in his tallit and he shone forth creation and so like when we're in Shakarid and we're putting on our tallit we say that same Tehillim verse which is teaching us that we are pretty much reenacting creation just like Hashem did so you know every day as we're being the light of the world and the salt of the earth we're clothing ourselves, as it were and a representation of what Hashem caused the heavens and the earth to come about. So that's pretty much all I wanted to share for today. So I really want to encourage us all to continue to pray for the final redemption. Let's go all in. This is the final seven days as we approach Rosh Hashanah. Come on. May we all be written and sealed in the book of life. And may Hashem merit that merit for us that we have a good and favorable year so lashana tova and may we see hashem speedily and soon in our days so baruch haba b'shem adonai harakaman hu yezekinu limota mashiach ul haolam haba 
Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher natan lanu Torah temet, vekaye olam natabetokeinu. Baruch Adonai, noten ha Torah. Amen.